ships that drank the sea. What about, what about the moon and stars? What about soldier battle scars and all the anger that they People of the internet, welcome to the BRB AFK podcast. I am your humble producer, Boston McCown. Joining us as always is the time being Scott Arnold. I love that name. Thank you, sir. Former pop culture guru and now our definitive host. Yes. With the most, Mr. Ryan Shipley. Hey, and you know, it's pretty cool with what's about to happen here that we started tonight out with Carbon Leafs, What About Everything? That was pretty sweet of you, Boston. Y'all motherfuckers. <laughs> That was super sweet. Y'all dead motherfuckers. (laughs) That's precious. Now explain to us, Boston, why this song that we started with means so much. Because welcoming to uh, this new iteration of the podcast, a first-time guest here on the show, my lovely partner in crime, Miss Callie Charisma. Hello. Burlesque dancer and gamer, uh, mediocre gamer and professional burlesque dancer. Oh, damn. Amateur, I'm sorry, amateur gamer. Hurts. She does it for the love of the game. Aww. You're not sleeping on the couch tonight, Boston. Yeah, well, at least he has. Nope, because the couch is in the couch is in the dump somewhere. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> you might be sleeping in the dump somewhere, tonight, Boston. <laughs> <laughs> that might might be might be in the backseat of the car. Yeah. Did the couch end up not going too far into details of that? But I bet the couch looked like the recliner I slept in for like five years absolutely cracked like it was coming apart in multiple directions yeah yep okay awesome yeah. right, I, I saw that chair I, I don't know how you can walk right right now yeah <laughs> i'm i'm kind of surprised it's taken me a few months to get used to sleeping in a bed again once upon a time i had a futon like a proper futon yeah and that was enjoyable to sleep on because it was this weird little like i could wedge myself in the corner and be safe from the world happy Mm-hmm. Which led me to being too comfortable sleeping on couches. Mm. And so, yeah, I have personally destroyed several couches that way. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know what happened, but like 10 or 12 years ago, I started falling asleep when I was still at my mom's and would fall asleep in the living room watching TV in the recliner. And I just got really used to reclining sleeping that I then went like 12 years just recliner sleeping. Oh, wow. Yeah, I would sleep in bids every now and then, but it sucked for me. So it's like one of those things where I'm having to train my body to be used to sleeping in beds again. It can do that. I know I've had an issue with, because I, I can go to sleep literally anywhere, mm-hmm. which has caused some issues while <laughs> driving sometimes. Oh, sure, sure. But like right now, I'm now in Callie's old chair. Okay. Because she got a new one for, for when she was working at home. Nice. Originally, the chair I had bought was supposed to be like, it's like, all right, we're going to make it. Not too comfortable so that I don't pass out in the office all the time. <laughs> and how many times did that actually work? Uh, considering we got one that we thought would last for you sitting in the office all the time, you slept in it all the time. Yeah. Oh, God, really? So oh, no. it just became like um, basically like that scene in Get Out. Anytime you sat in that chair, you just sunk into it. Yep. 
I was just like, all right, and we're out. <laughs> I am not like that. Like, I have problems falling asleep, so I, I'm not one to just fall asleep, like, watch watching TV or anything like that anymore. What about you, Scott? Uh, <clears throat> so, yeah, I'm the same way. Like, I, it's not that I really have a trouble falling asleep. I can't stay asleep. Because mm. uh, I have horrific sleep apnea, so I just wake up all, all night throughout the night. I know them feels. Oh, yeah. Sometimes I can't. I do have trouble sleeping, but I fall asleep, and not not always. Oh yeah, no, like the, the, I'm I'm like you too. Is like I think I may sleep three hours solid, and then I'll be up every like two hours or so after that. Yeah, that's so rough too. Yeah, it stinks. One of our listeners of the show, my best friend Aylin, she does not have this problem. <laughs> One time we were playing Smash Brothers, and I was like, oh, she's letting me win. And I looked over at her. Her her head was knocked back, sore <laughs> like crazy. <laughs> she literally fell asleep playing Smash Brothers. And that's her game too. She she falls asleep, uh, you know, playing that. That's saying something. Yeah. Do you remember SoCon Navy Seals? Yeah. Oh yeah. A buddy of mine picked that up one night, and I went over to his house, and we were playing it for hours. And at one point, we were playing through it. He said he looked over and saw my character was just running into a wall at full speed. <laughs> Just like running and then like kind of drifting back and forth. And he looked uh-huh. over. Yeah, I had fallen asleep on the couch with my thumb still on the joystick. So you're like the personification of like the glitch where he just keeps walking into the wall. <laughs> yeah. That's amazing. You had drift control problems. <laughs> what about you, yeah. Callie? Do you have the that issue too? Like I'll get tired anywhere, but mm-hmm. I generally don't necessarily fall asleep. Like, but once, once I'm asleep, I am out. Yeah. Like, one of our old houses, dude, I don't remember exactly what happened. All I know is that I woke up and Boston was like, hey, be really careful when you go to work today. And I was like, why? <laughs> He's like, because the cops were here and the ambulance was here what? and it was all in what? the apartment next door. And how did you not, like, hear any of it? Oh, oh my yeah. God. <laughs> That's insane. Like, yeah, I, I got shot up. So yeah, that was yeah. Literally, we shared like the bedroom we were in shared a wall with this apartment, and somehow I slept through the whole thing. That would be crazy. I'd be like waking up, and Boston's like, "Man, you missed it, Callie. Jesus came down. This prophecy foretold, and everybody's going up to heaven now." <laughs> the horn blew, and you're like, "Wait, what? I missed all that." Yeah, that'd be me. I'd just be like, "Oh, okay. I'm going back to sleep now." Bye. Yeah, <laughs> that's amazing. Um. I, we, we had this discussion before the podcast, but I can never nap. Like mm. I, I know like Scott can, cause Scott would used to go, mm-hmm. um, I would go to, to sleep at lunch and uh, take a nap at lunch. Yeah. I'd, I'd go to my car and just chill and fall asleep. Yeah. And I know Boston has done that in his car too, right? Oh yeah. Multiple times. Yeah. I cannot nap. If I, if I try to nap and then try to wake up I feel like, you know, when you first come out of surgery and you're lightheaded, <laughs> yeah. I feel like that for like the next hour. Oh, no. Yeah. yeah. yeah I can't do it. I cannot. Well, I have had a nap before where I woke up more tired than what I was before I went to sleep. So, I, yeah, I, I get what you're saying. Do people actually ever nap and feel refreshed? It's a it's a time frame thing. Yeah. Okay. Because like we, well, we napped before this recording and uh, it was supposed to be just a little... 20 minute nap to get kind of refreshed and usually if it only lasts 20 minutes it's quite refreshing okay an hour and a half later uh we 
were groggily climbing out of bed going, oh, shit, shit, fuck, shit, fuck. I mean, you also supposedly sleep in, like, hour and a half cycles. Okay, like, like the REM the, and all that? Yeah, like, they, they say, like, what is it? It takes, like, 14 minutes, roughly, for the average person to fall asleep. And then, like, your REM cycles are roughly in 90-minute cycles. So they mm-hmm. say, like, put your alarm in a time that you would you would start to be coming out of that. Yeah. Uh, my my sleep schedule has been like we started full time at my at my muggle job this <laughs> that has been really weird because while we were still on part time, my circadian rhythm is set to like sleep during the day and be awake at night. Yeah. And having to like flip it back to no, we're going to wake up and we're going to go to work and then we're going to go to bed at like before midnight. <laughs> Body's just like, okay. I remember back in the day when I was like the 11 to 8 shift. Whenever I had to come in the next morning at like 8 a.m., I felt like John Coffee on the Green Mile. I was like, how am I going to, how am I going to do this? And would be so angry at myself, like, maybe I just quit. Maybe this is the day I quit. I won't say the last couple of years working in call centers has helped with that because it's been a more steady schedule. Mm-hmm. It, I found if you end up working Saturday, it's like, okay, so come in at like nine or 10 and work, you know, your eight hours during the week. Oh, but Saturday we're going to be right in there at like eight thirty, eight o'clock. <laughs> uh. And it's like, I need, I need that consistency. You're making me be here and now, like, I'm going to show up late because my body is saying not the right time to be here. Yeah, yeah. And you're going to get mad at me, so... What? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, and you're... Yeah, no, it's it's not fair. And also, fun fact, all of REM's records are exactly 90 minutes. Mm. <laughs> huh. Makes sense. Makes sense. I can't say if that's true or not, but it sounds good. That would... that If, oh, if that was actually true, I would be blown away. That would be amazing. I, I, I dare to ask a question. Would our host yeah. really lie? No, that's right. Well, you lie. know what? I have grown accustomed to this power I have right now. <laughs> uh-huh. So I would probably lie a lot. Okay, okay. <laughs> but when I lie, I can just say it's to make fun radio. That's fair. That's fair. <laughs> yes. Um, but There's back a reason to our for your BS. original part that we are going down, what's the significance of that song, Boston? So the importance of that song was that it was the song that I and my lovely partner danced to at our wedding. Uh, It was the song for our first dance. And it was towards about three quarters into that song that my father shouted out, Vols won. (laughs) (laughs) Wait, you had your wedding on the volunteer football game day? Okay, so... That was your first mistake, Bosman. I told this story many times on stage, and it's one of my favorites to tell. Yeah, we tried our best. We wanted to have a fall wedding. Okay. But we didn't want to wait for the bye week. And being in Knoxville, Tennessee, that means that you're going to have to either contend with the Vols game or wait for the bye week. Okay, yeah. And we wanted it. We wanted to have the wedding as close to the 22nd as possible because that was our anniversary of when we got together and it was an easier date to remember October 22nd. Cool. I can remember that. I can too. (laughs) So we, we went in, it was, we were playing South Carolina playing the Gamecocks Mm -hmm. 
And we looked in every game that we had played against South Carolina up until that, you know, before that day had been a night game. So we decided to have the wedding in the middle of the day. We opened the, have it noon so that everybody could come check out, you know, go to the wedding and then go see the game afterwards. Yeah. Two, three weeks before the wedding, after we'd already got the scheduling. Like a week and a half before the wedding, I get an or I get a message from my brother saying, Hey, so I know that we said that our son would be your ring bearer, but we also promised our kids we'd go to the UT game and announced it to be at like two o'clock. So you gotta have you're gonna have to find a new ring bearer. What? So her her brother her wow. brother and her family flew in, flew in from Utah, oh. flew in to, to Knoxville from Utah to skip the wedding and go to the Vols game. Damn. They showed up for the um, rehearsal dinner, and then my parents decided, like, after the reception, um, after the wedding, decided to take, like, all of our family out for dinner because we're all scattered across the country now. And then, like, as we're at Aubrey's waiting for a table, my brother and his family are there. Huh. <laughs> and it's like, what? Really? Yeah. And meanwhile, I actually find out that my brother gets to show up to the wedding. Uh-huh. Uh, originally, they weren't going to be able to make it, but then they got to show up due to bereavement leave. Oh. Now... To any of the millennials out there listening to this show huh. that have never had anything so good as actual benefits with your job, <laughs> bereavement leave <laughs> is when someone dies in your family and you get time off to mourn them. And it gets crazier. Your work pays you to mourn. Right. You get paid by your job to mourn your loved ones. I, I believe it was my sister-in-law's grandmother had passed. And so that gave them the time off to come to the wedding. As I always tell this part of the story, uh, that was when my grandmother was like, doesn't the Lord work in mysterious ways? Oh, my God. I'm like, really? Our really aunt gra- died so you can get married. Right? Like, it wasn't like we weren't going to get married if they didn't show. Now we get twin flower girls. Cool story. Yep. That is makes- my flower girl became a ring bear. <laughs> we upgraded the one flower girl to ring bear and then got twin flower girls, so. God works in mysterious ways, I guess. Is that an upgrade that seems sick? Mm, good point. Yeah, Downgraded. That... <laughs> Changed cool. over to. Okay. Equal, but different. <laughs> not separate, but equal. Okay. Yeah, not... that one. Moving away from this one. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, Ryan. You guys got married on October 22nd. October 19th. Okay. Got... Oh. Almost, Ryan. You were so close. Almost. That's my birthday, the 22nd. We have failed the kayfabe of twenty of the twenty second. Okay. Because Facebook. Thanks mainly thanks to Facebook. Because <laughs> we were like, okay, we had the wedding on the nineteenth, but we're just gonna tell everybody from now on it was the twenty second. I wish you and, would, because my joke I was gonna do would have been great. Well, what was the what was the joke? I was gonna say, you know, I don't think that was on my birthday list for uh, you guys to get married. I wanted something better. Oh, <laughs> is your birthday? <laughs> It is the 22nd, and then that was going to be great, because then Scott was going to tell you guys the story about my birthday list. Go ahead and tell them, Scott. Oh, oh, the birthday list. This is a great story. This story involves my brother. So we were all three working at Caremark at the time, right? Okay. Ryan, was that correct? Yeah, yeah, yeah. 
okay. So I had already, I already had known about Ryan's birthday list, uh, you know, for quite a while before my brother did. Basically, what what happened is about, I'd say about a month, a few weeks uh, before his birthday, he would actually Ryan would actually hand out a list to everyone. That he, that he, <laughs> yes, to everyone that he knew was going to get him a birth, birthday gift or. Or people that he hoped would give him a birthday gift. Yes, that's better. <laughs> that's probably yeah. better. Yeah. So he would he, he would write down a list and he would legit uh, hand it out. So uh, Ryan and my brother started working at Caremark uh, with us, and he didn't know Ryan very well yet. Just 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 known him through me uh, some. So Ryan goes up to my brother and hands him this birthday list. Robbie just starts busting up laughing. He's he's a hundred percent positive it's a joke, <laughs> you know. And, and then uh, he comes to me later and is like, "Wait, wait, he was serious? Like, yeah." He's like. Is something wrong with him? <laughs> it's like, no, it's just Ryan. Ryan just, just likes, I likes birthday gifts. I am a little bit of a sociopath. But there's nothing <laughs> right. wrong with that. Um, right. That's a fun thing. Um, but yeah, I used to make a list and I would categorize it and then put smiley faces yes. next to the things that were super expensive, hoping that the smiling face would make people go, I can look past that price. <laughs> <laughs> what do you put? Did you have it in like order of what you wanted the most at the top? Yes, yeah, I would categorize it and then put it in order. Yeah, that's what I thought. Supposed to do. Yeah, 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 yeah. I felt it was helping them because don't you hate it when you get me a present and it's something <laughs> I already have? Oh, that's ruins my whole don't year, you man. Feel like a shitty friend then. <laughs> yes. Or random assortment yeah. number seven. Like, yeah. I don't actually need this. Thanks. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. This last year, it was mainly gift cards because I, at that point, was like, just get me Uber gift cards. Right. I stopped doing that. Hey, you have to bring me a present. I'm a, I'm a grown man now. I've finally matured a little bit. And I'm like, if you want to bring presents, great. But if not, come hang out with us at Token. <laughs> and so I'm, we did. I'm a terrible person. It's like, oh, you got me a birthday gift. Cool. Now I'm going to get you a birthday gift. But. <laughs> Normally, I'm too broke, so I just come and say happy birthday if I remember. <laughs> I, I remember there was one year where the economists were talking about how bad the economy was going to be that year, and I was like worried about my birthday gifts. <laughs> <laughs> that that sounds like that sounds like the most Ryan thing I've heard. Yeah, yep. yep. that's why this year I'm not even going to ask because it's like this whole stupid COVID thing has really ruined my birthday. Mm-hmm. <laughs> That's my takeaway from the past six months. Yes, What's it's it all about ruining me? your birthday. Yeah. 188,000 uh, people that could have got me a gift. <laughs> yeah, that may have been a little too dark. <laughs> that just reminds me of the one of Ratliff's jokes. Of I loved it so much, I kept telling him I want to buy it from him because oh. it, it fit into some of my other bits. Yeah. But the, you're the kind of person that goes to a restaurant and when they sing happy birthday to you, you're not embarrassed. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I'm the one that feigns embarrassment, but inside I'm yes. like, yes, like, yes, bring it on. Yeah, all this on. power. This is this is this is correct. I I try. You see, in the back back in the day, I didn't really ever do anything for my birthday. I kind of just didn't not really care too much. And then in my, it's weird. In my thirties is when I started loving birthdays and celebrating it. And um, I think it was one of my birthday parties. I think you may have been at this one, Scott. My thirtieth. Gosh, is my thirtieth? Maybe my thirtieth. Um, we all ended up at my friend Aylin's house, and while we were there. She had Halo playing in the in the downstairs in the living room. And my roommate, he wasn't my roommate at that time. He was just my friend. He's playing it, and it's like Halo 3, I think. And he gets stuck in the water, right? And we <laughs> spent 30 minutes just watching him try to get out of the water. 
like he would get up there almost to the almost to the tip of the water and then fall right back in. <laughs> oh, but you guys about lost it. Oh, we were so excited when he finally did. There was high fives, cheering, everything. <laughs> See, that's fun though. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like you just come together as a group. Yeah. He's gotten a little bit better at video games. He's not played him in a while, but he had one point where he beat all the um, Arkham games. Oh, there you go. Okay. Yeah. Did we talk about that yet? Like the Arkham games coming out? I don't know uh, if we've talked about any Arkham games. Yeah. Uh, I want to say no. I know that I've seen the trailers for them and they make me, they give me chubbies. Yes. Both of them. The Arkham, uh, what's it called? Arkham. It's not Arkham Knights. What is uh, Gotham Knights. Gotham Knights, and then Gotham Knights and Suicide Squad kills the Justice League, which is that uh, one I'm super excited about. Yep, and I think okay, so that one's 2022. Which one is Kill the Justice League? Okay, and then Gotham Knights is 21, and that's supposed to be a decent studio that's doing that one, right? Like they worked on the Forgotten Arkham game. Yes, they worked on Arkham Origins. Yeah, that. which from what I understand was a decent. It wasn't. Like, as good as, like, Rocksteady did. It was more like a Bebop game. Dear Ryan, I apologize for not hearing that joke when we were originally recording. It was fucking funny, and I should have laughed. I apologize. But I heard it's supposed to be pretty decent. Nothing. Just like, I can actually see the the tumbleweed rolling by with my amazing <laughs> joke. God damn you all. As I understand, the deal with Arkham Origins was that it was exquisitely mediocre. Okay. It happened, but no one... Talks about it? Yeah. I think it was the one that actually had one of the coolest... Had, like, an Indiana Jones-style fight where... Hmm. I believe that's the one you're... Yeah, like, their version of Electro shows up. Okay. Like, there's this big hype for it. Everybody's getting excited for it. And Batman literally just one punch and he's down. Oh, so he does, like, the Indiana Jones... Yeah, where he shoots him. Yeah. That was my favorite. Fucking shoot him. My favorite ever iteration of the justice league was the one in the mid 80s where it's like it was more funny where they brought the green lantern was guy gardner and the first <laughs> issue he's you know talking shit through the whole issue about batman right and he's finally like let's fight batman let's fight and batman co-cocks him in one punch <laughs> and then like a uh, blue beetle and booster gold are doubled over laughing at just how much he got humiliated um okay. yeah that's a good run well, better than the because it was All-Star Superman. Yeah. What was the, the new Frank Miller bullshit that became Crazy Steve? Oh, the was that the All-Stars Batman and Robin? Yeah, it was it was the same run as the All-Stars, but had a different had a different name. Was yeah. It, yeah, that was so insane. It was like They beat Green Lantern by painting themselves yellow. Yep. <laughs> and starting to like a lemonade stand. <laughs> yeah. It, it was so insane. Because did they do that in the movies where Green Lantern's uh, weakness is the collar yellow, which has always been so stupid? I don't remember if they t- carried over to the movies. I know that uh, it threw me off for a while because like, I, had, I was aware of it, but I actually started in Green Lantern with Kyle Rayner. Same. Which apparently was after the yellow thing got completely like retconned or thrown out. Yeah. Which it's now, it's less the collar yellow and just more like yellow is supposed to represent fear. And yeah. I guess because the Green Lantern's ring is about willpower and stuff like that and health, I guess fear kind of tamps down the willpower. Mm-hmm. If Ratliff was here, Ratliff's right now screaming at, at his uh, at his radio. <laughs> Ratliff knows exactly okay. what all this is, and he's so mad right now. 
Okay, so it was it was All Star. It is All Star Batman and Robin. All Star yeah, Batman and Robin, the Boy Wonder. Yep, it was Jim Lee's and Frank Miller's run. Issues were always super late, and they were never worth it. But people would read it just because I'm the goddamn Batman. <laughs> yeah, it's Frank Miller, and it's Jim Lee, and but it was horrible. It was so bad. Showing that sometimes supergroups are not the best idea. Yeah. 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 Frank Miller's one of those writers where he's definitely seen his better days, but he still gets work. He still gets big projects. Um, there's a new show on Netflix called Cursed, which is like where a girl okay, yeah. gets a hold of Excalibur. And uh, it's yeah. Based... Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. It looks really pretty good. Yeah, and it's based on one of his, on one of his comics. I don't know if he's hmm. a showrunner on the show. He's honestly the one that I'm so surprised hasn't been like me too jet with like his whole attitude of the past 20 years like i just think there's got to be some kind of demons in his past it's kind of like what Corey said in the other episode he 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 has some really shitty opinions and he has said some shitty things he Mm -hmm. hasn't done it like he he still he still respects people outside of work yeah but he hasn't he hasn't or at least it's not come forward yet that he's been too touchy-feely or you know was abusing his position to get get some bjs yeah no no this is true and you got to give him at least that although i am putting in the i'm putting in the chat and i'm going to talk about it uh, in just a moment you reminded me of one of my favorite co- web comics of all time okay i'll, I'll put a, i'll put a link to it in the show notes but it's these two shadowy figures standing beside frank miller i said it's fortunate you we made it here in one piece frank miller but here's the deal Write a story with a female character who is not a prostitute, <laughs> and you leave here alive. <laughs> and in the oh. final panel, he just writes the word whores over and over again. <laughs> okay, that's amazing. <laughs> I was like, that's, that's the most accurate, yeah, that's the most accurate Frank Miller. Uh, now, he's got some good stuff, like, I like, I do like the Sin City stuff. I mean, I know it's noir. It, it, it is noir, and it, again, it's, it's sort of that... It's progressive in the same way that, uh, what's your favorite book, honey? Stranger in a Strange Land? I do love Stranger in a Strange Land. Robert Heinlein was progressive for his time. He's not, <laughs> like, if you read it now, it just, it, it hurts your soul a bit. Yeah. But, like, when you think about it being the 60s, you're like, oh, you did really well, you know, up until that <laughs> whole sex cult thing. <laughs> Good for you. We'll ignore the sex cult thing. That's what yeah. I always say. Just the second half of the book. Don't worry about it. <laughs> yeah. So this is going to be a weird segue because we just talked about sex cults. <laughs> no no more Tiger King. Yeah. Where did you and Boston first meet, Callie? Technically at college. Oh. Yeah. That uh, would have been... It would have been Pellissippi State. Yeah. Ooh, are we playing the newlywed game right now? Uh, we, apparently. <laughs> hey, that's I like fun. It. I always wanted to play the newlywed game. We are on the newlywed game. Nice. Complete nice. the sentence. The best thing to put in my butt is blank. <laughs> <laughs> we'll get that one too easy. <laughs> yeah, similar to Legend of the Hidden Temple. Like It was, wasn't an option by the time we got there. Huh. That's amazing. In fact, Boston and I both super love game shows. Yeah. Oh, oh! Speaking of game shows, I just saw this—the remaking of Supermarket Sweep starts starts October eighteenth. Oh, God damn it! I couldn't get that out. I was so excited. I know. I, th- I think you were going to. Leslie Jones is hosting it. 
Really? Yeah, it's been okay. in the works for a minute because she left SNL before last season started to work on the supermarket suite. But I just assumed, since nothing's been said about it for a while, that maybe COVID basically delayed it for a minute. But it's going to mm-hmm. be on Sunday nights on ABC. Okay. Yep. Yeah, because yeah, because ABC's been doing that. You guys probably know this because you love game shows. They do that game show night where they do yeah, like, really? yeah. I haven't watched like actual TV though, and <laughs> <laughs> they do a network version of Family Feud with Steve Harvey. I think to tell the truth with Alec Baldwin, and I think there might be another one. And then they sometimes will do the wacky ones like that weird putt putt golf show that that they do on ABC. They brought to tell the truth back. Yeah, with with Alec Baldwin. Weird. Yeah, I love okay, game shows though. I don't know if we actually were talking about this while recording. Uh, turns out the interesting thing right now is I cannot download anything new off Game Pass, but everything I have downloaded lets me play. That's That's oh. weird. So weird. your game is so a why? Why is it happening? No idea. So what we we I know I've talked about it before, but yeah, we. What gaming stuff do we actually need right now? So we went down to one Xbox Game Pass account. Okay. And we chose it to be her so she could finish playing Outer Worlds. And apparently everything that I've downloaded still lets me play. So Really? Hmm. That's I'm, pretty I'm cool. I'm wondering if it's going to let you do that up until the day that it, like, that it would normally renew. Well, it already said, like, uh, earlier when I tried to download Resident Evil 7, it was already saying, which, by the way, RE7 on the Game Pass now. I don't have the permissions to download it, so I, like I don't ha- I don't have Game Pass anymore apparently. But you still have all your games. Yeah, still have all the games. So, but it Woo! can't be that what Kaylee thought. Kaylee thought because your Game Press is now expired, right? Yeah, from what we can tell. So that's pretty cool if they oh, maybe is. they do that uh, to try to entice you for a couple of days before. I don't know. That's weird. I mean, we'll, I'll, I'll keep I'll keep up with it and we'll see what happens. But yeah, yeah, yeah. So right now you guys are. One Game Pass household as of this moment. For right now, for right okay. now, we're uh, we're like we're as we're as creepy as those Facebook couples that have a <laughs> joint account. <laughs> joint account, <laughs> yeah. Which, by the way, if you ever see a joint account, one of them cheated. Oh, one of them definitely cheated. Hundred percent. It's yeah. a trust issue. Yeah, it's definitely a trust issue. <clears throat> With the One Game Pass, it's not a trust issue, Ryan. No. Do they? Awesome. <laughs> Do they usually have like where you have multiple saves in the game, so you could theoretically both play the same game just at different times? Depending on depending on the game, because we 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 checked on that with Outer Worlds. Outer Worlds, okay. And Outer Worlds does have multiple saves, so we can do that. Perfect. When a game gets DLC, does the DLC come as a part of the Game Pass? I don't uh... think so, because I want to say I've also got Two Point Hospital through Game Pass and. I want to say that the DLC was not in there. Okay. There's a bunch of things that you can you can go through and add on if you want. Yeah. I don't think I've tried but, a DLC through Game Pass yet, so that's a great question. Does it? I wonder if it, if it if it's not free, if it maybe gives you like a discount or something. Maybe. No, I've I've seen some discounts on them through Game Pass, but I've not. I know I know Game Pass is is good about if you. If like they take a game off of Game Pass and then mm-hmm. you go to buy it, they'll give you a discount on the game itself. Oh, really? Yeah. So when you download the game and bring it up, there's like a special option on the front screen that says "Buy it now." Mm-hmm. Oh, that's pretty yeah. I think, cool. I think it'll let you buy it. Not 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 that there really be a reason to, but I think it gives you the discount even while it's on Game Pass. Yeah. Okay. 
Like and does it give you deeper discounts when they have like the big game sales that they'll do like once or twice a year? Mm, that that one I've yet to I've yet to see. Yeah, okay. I haven't either. Yeah, I know. I know with Steam for like because you can do like the family pass thing on Steam. Yeah, or like I can own a game, but Boston can play it. That mm-hmm. if we both own a copy of it, we would both have to have the DLC for it to be able to play the DLC. But okay. if just like just I had a copy of something and had all the DLC, then when he goes to play, he could play with all the DLC. Okay, nice. And you play through Outer Worlds, right? Uh, we're about halfway through, I think, if that. What do you guys think about it? I really like it. Like it's it's all my favorite parts of Bioshock with all my favorite parts of Fallout. Oh, nice. Okay, so it's like a good mm-hmm. mixture of the two. Like the combat is decent. I I enjoyed the combat. Okay. I think I had cranked mine up because I was, you know, I played New Vegas and other stuff. Okay. Like, right before. And you like those tank games too, right, Scott? Oh, yeah. Have you played Outer Worlds? I have. It's really fun. I haven't played a whole lot into it yet, uh, but I have liked what I played. Okay. And I heard it has, like, a really good Firefly vibe. Yes. Like, also, I did not know, uh, I did not know until recently, even though I should have because I'm, you know, I'm a, a, <laughs> a silly fangirl. Ashley Birch does the voice of Pavarotti. It's true. Nice. Uh, oh, that is very cool. Pavarotti. Par- I can't remember how to pronounce it. Pavarotti. One of the first partners you get in the game, or one of the first crew members you get in the game, is one of my favorite voice actresses. That's yeah. pretty it, cool. I can hear it now when I think about it, but like, did not see it at all. Because she sounds nothing like Tiny Tina. Okay. <laughs> that's. I like when they do that. I always like that games, and then also like, cartoons where you hear a voice and you're like that voice sounds kind of familiar and then you slowly discover who it is what was the one that got me recently i don't i may have mentioned it i don't remember mentioned on podcast uh in fallout 76 the wastelanders dlc mm-hmm. one of the new character one of the new like faction leaders is voiced by jet from cowboy bebop hmm. oh cool okay and i'm sitting there listening to it like i keep expecting to hear like Welcome to the Bebop. I'm like, yes. <laughs> I'm surprised they haven't done an Easter egg like that because Bethesda is usually good about Easter eggs. Mm-hmm. Are you guys excited all about? Isn't Netflix doing like a live remake of Cowboy Bebop? I with, mm. I want to say it's with John Cho. I want to say I heard that, but then like I I didn't hear any follow up. Yeah, I think I heard something about that a while, a while ago, but nothing recently. So I don't know. If only we had the internet actually. <laughs> I know. <laughs> Isn't there like some kind of Google, something called Google? You're crazy there, Scott. I'd say I let's heard make about it more it. like it's a butler and you <laughs> ask it questions oh, and it goes and finds that's a good idea. for you. Yeah. Would if we, we name him Jeeves? That's how you know I, what? I like that. This is I a like crazy that. night. Let's freaking do it. <laughs> I like it. We're going to. Did we just invent the 90s? I think we did. (laughs) Speaking of the 90s, we can name one of them Bing, like Chandler Bing. There you go. Yeah. That's the one thing that took me out of the, when they did the second first reboot of Spider-Man with Andrew Garfield, it's when he's online searching and he's using Bing. And I'm like, no freaking teenager is going to use Bing. Yeah. Yeah, That was clearly like, that was clearly paid for by the. Yeah. That took you out of the experience, didn't it, Ryan? It really did. I'm like, no, not my Spider-Man does not use Bing. Mm-hmm. 
here's how to use the internet starring the cast of friends <laughs> yes that was amazing and and oh that's such a good i hate to say that i've watched the whole thing a couple Actually, times i mean it's amazing <laughs> ryan did i ever send you or have you ever seen the wisecrack i think it was wisecrack breaking down spider-man if it's i believe it's the i believe it's wisecrack I'll, I'll check for it after the show to send to you but they talk about how all the spider-man movies are like they're very they're they're zeitgeisty the toby mcguire spider-man i liked because i think it has some really iconic scenes especially the scene where he gets knocked unconscious in the in the uh, subway and they do the whole kind of like jesus thing with mm-hmm. him my only problem with the sam raimi ones was i don't think that they got the character spider-man down because like he didn't have as much of the wise cracking which is a big mm. part of spider-man yep yeah he he, did, he didn't have the the conf like a yeah. little towards a little towards the end with like he got closer to it within like the third one, but yeah. and there were so many other issues you had to worry about. Yeah, and, and that third one when that came out, that's when I lost when I decided I did not like Kirsten Dunst anymore because she wanted the way her character ends in three is to get pregnant by Peter Parker and then uh, then she gives birth to birth to baby spiders that eat her from the outside, the inside. Wait, what? Yeah, she wanted to give birth to spiders that were going to eat her from the inside out. Okay, look, look Kirsten, that is a that is a separate fetish. Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah. she wait, she legit wanted that. Yes, vampire yes. was like twenty years ago. Let it go. <laughs> and it's like, can you imagine if they put something like that at the end of Spider Man? No, no. I mean, I could, but <laughs> I can imagine a lot of things. Yeah, I would be like, this is. You know what? This is taking me out of the movie. I want to see what her Google search engine is like now. What is, what is she searching online? <laughs> yeah, yeah. That's what she was into. <laughs> that would be amazing. And then the Garfield Spider-Man, my big problem with him is I didn't buy his Peter Parker. Because Peter Parker is supposed to be like that that loner where he's not like really popular. And you Andrew Garfield looks like who Andrew Garfield looks like. He's got that whole yeah. emo thing down. Mm-hmm. I don't buy it. Not even for a second. Yeah, and I, that's always that's always one of my favorite. Uh, I, I say favorite sarcastically of the tropes in media where it's like, here's a really pretty person who you're supposed to be as convinced no <laughs> one gives a shit about. You know what? That girl could be super pretty if she would just take those dumb glasses. Just take off. those dumb glasses off. Stop looking like a nerd. She's uh, oh. all that. <laughs> yes, that uh, was. It's like you know what? I bet she'd be banging if she didn't have those stupid nerd glasses <laughs> and that hair up like that. Come on, just take your hair down, put on like six pounds of makeup, and put in contacts. And yeah, you care about yourself. It's fine. You'd be gorgeous. Um, <laughs> that's always my big trope there about that. I love that. But the Holland Spider-Man, I think, has really nailed it. Yeah. I've liked all two of them. I know there's some people that criticize it because they basically replaced Uncle Ben with Tony Stark. And I get that. It made sense for those movies because nobody wanted the freaking origin story of Spider-Man again. That is something that I'm, I'm really happy about. Like that, More movies getting into the accepting that's like, look, we, we know. Yeah. We know. Yeah. We know, we know what a zombie is. You don't have to show us Bruce Wayne's parents in the freaking alley for the seventh time. <laughs> yeah, exactly. We get it. Yeah. Like, we, that is a cultural zeitgeist. We understand Bruce's parents are dead. Made it become Batman. Like, 
spend five seconds on it if you really need to rehash it. Like, if we're here to see a Batman movie, we know. <laughs> exactly. We we don't need I that. Do kind of, I do kind of like the way they did it. Because uh, it was, I think it was uh, Batman v Superman where they did the, uh, just, 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 and during the credits did the yep. pearl scene. Oh, yeah. That was pretty cool. Because <laughs> I... I can't remember who it was that said that, but I latched onto it where it was Tim Burton is why we have so many Batman origin stories mm. is because every director wants a chance to do the pearls. Yep. That makes sense. I will say watching, I don't remember which Batman one it was, but watching it in 3d and watching like the pearls break and come at you was kind of epic. <laughs> okay. So I I, been... Oh my God. I just thought of something. What's that? Everybody on this podcast tonight was at the same showing of Batman v Superman. Yes. Oh, oh yes, we were. Because okay. we got the because I got those free movie passes. Right. And the best part is Scott. I think when he finally got there, was a little upset because it, he didn't know it was going to be a three D movie. <laughs> yeah, I I cannot stand three D movies. Uh, it. It like gives me a headache almost every single time, and I just, I just can't stand watching it in three D. But it's weird because you wear Same. glasses. I know. Well, that's wearing the three D glasses over the glasses is always really weird and kind yeah, of yeah. Maybe that's part of it too. Maybe it's why I hate it. Mm, I get that because I, if I'm wearing a three D glass, it doesn't give me headaches or anything. But I have to take them off every few minutes because it starts to the, the bridge of the bridge of my nose. Right. Right. Well, it's, it's not the wearing it. It's like the. It's a very dis. It's very disorienting. Mm. That that's it. I don't. I don't know why I kept going. Uh, it's very disorienting. <laughs> we were. We were on the edge sus- of our, you our seat. suspense, man. Yeah. Exactly. Where's Boston going with this? I know. That's weird to think about, though. Yeah. Like, we were, huh. For us to watch it in 3D, be like your mom watching it. Yeah. Oh God. <laughs> that's yeah. Amazing. I guess. Um, she she wouldn't be able to do 3D glasses because she only has one eye. Oh, yeah. I wonder. Oh God, that's right. That would be sad not to be able to ever not to have the choice. Like Scott has I mean, the choice. Yeah, I have a choice. She's, but it's right. she, she's a, she's she's gotten used to it, guys. It's just okay. Yeah. She's <laughs> okay. It's it's been it's been over 40 <laughs> years at this point. Yeah, <laughs> she's used to not having the other eye. Okay, I wonder if okay. she ever gets like phantom eye. No. Okay, because you know that happens. No. Like people lose limbs, they get phantom right. limbs. Yeah, but it's she doesn't just like randomly see shit like. <laughs> <laughs> and she she doesn't have any she doesn't have any feeling on that like pull side. Oh god. Side oh wow. Huh. Yes, yeah, so she's got a. Thank you for reminding me. I get back to working on that. Her eye. She's commissioned me to make a card for her. Yeah. Little pocket sized version of if this, you find this person passed out, here are all the things you need to be aware of. One one eye. Please don't attempt these remedy methods because they're gonna they're not gonna work this they're not gonna work oh, right. That's kind of scary though. Yeah, she just yeah. put like eye drops in every every okay. so often so mm. I can't do. Oh, but that's um. Since you can't make natural tears, store bought is fine. Hey, half of my <laughs> life is store bought, and I will accept it. Okay. Yeah. No. <laughs> One thing, and this is a weird segue because well, we're talking about tears and also the Marvel right. movies. We- We've segued so many fucking weird yeah. ways. Yeah. We, we, we zig so and true. we sag. So that news that hit Saturday night was pretty crazy, huh? About Chadwick. Yeah. Yes. Uh, yeah. I was about to shut off Facebook and watch a movie. And I think CK had posted it. And I thought, 
why did CK fall for some obviously bullshit story? And then I saw it everywhere, and it was just like unreal. Yeah, and like nobody except I, I think his close family even knew he was sick, right? Yeah. yeah, he'd been battling with it for years, apparently. Which is kind of surprising me because I always would think when you're a big actor and you're the face of a franchise, that there's probably like insurance policies that have to be taken out. That means health checks. You would yeah. think so. Yeah. I know they would do that when Robert Downey Jr. Uh, first came back into movies because he had all the issues with drugs and alcohol. So I'm surprised they didn't have something like that. Um, Did they do it for Robert Downey Jr. because he had such a, hist- a poor history beforehand? Or did they not do it with Chadwick because they're like, eh, it's just Black Panther? I don't know. But then, you know, they kept signing. I mean, I know he was on to a whole bunch of like the contracts are like seven or eight movies. But they had already announced Black Panther 2 was going to be in 2022. Yeah. They must have not known even then how severe yeah, it was getting. Probably not. They probably got a good chunk of it filmed. Because I know sometimes they'll do they'll shoot a lot of it and then just edit it in a certain way yeah i'm trying to see when civil war came out but google's bringing up april 12 1861 to 1865 <laughs> <laughs> i mean i'm pretty sure that's pretty literal You're there right <laughs> right the crazy thing is civil war was 2016 the reports are that he was diagnosed with cancer in 2016 so he was diagnosed with cancer right around the time this movie was actually being released. And then from there, he went on to do like what? Black Panther and the two Infinity movies. Yeah. Yeah. I can't imagine doing all that with what he was going through. Much like uh, Maggie Smith doing the last couple, um, the last couple of Harry Potter movies while Hmm. she had breast cancer. Oh yeah. Like I can't imagine with just how, you know, tiring that bastard disease is to have to also then, go and put in the hours there and nobody knows. Yeah, exactly. Like, and then it's gotta be so in your brain, like so fucking unfair that you're worked for all this and you have it now. And you know, like you don't have a lot of time. That's gotta be kind of crazy. Yeah. And you're kind of suffering in silence too there when when you're not with your close family. Yeah. And it's one of those weird things because like when Stan Lee passed away, I mean, that, that did hit me, but I don't think I was as sad as this one just because Stan Lee was like 96. Yeah, exactly. So you weren't like just utterly shocked by it. Yeah. Because we, we were talking, you know, for, oh, I don't know, maybe a year or two before you went, like how, how much you really need to go and see him before he actually does die is how old he yeah. is. So it yeah. wasn't a shock. I remember the day he died, everybody was reaching out to me to make sure I was okay, though. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Has there ever been like any celebrity deaths that like really impacted you all? No. None. Princess Leia. Carrie yeah, Fisher. Fisher, yeah. Uh, I think we were watching that Rogue One the night she passed. Oh, okay. Yeah, because um, when she comes on at the end of it, people in the audience started really like applauding. Like, you know, her CGI version. Right. Yep. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. I think Owen Hart probably got me. Oh, that's wrong. Yeah, I remember Owen Hart. Right. Uh, okay. Yeah. I can see Owen Hart. Yeah. That, and honestly, I'd say. Because because I was such a fan and it was such a shock, Chris Benoit. But oh yeah, I was a I was a huge wrestling mark back in the day. So oh yeah yeah yeah, I remember the night after he passed and they were doing that whole memorial thing to him. Near yeah. the end, I think the stories must have been leaking 
what he had actually done. Because you could yeah, tell that they started kind of slowly changing the memorial. Yeah, there was definitely that that initial. It's like, oh, it's this is this is such a tragedy. I can't believe that it was. Oh, oh, so yeah. Uh, uh, in other news, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> What's the Rock gonna do tonight? You know, it's yeah. Yeah, like I felt. Uh. One thing is, I think they were super careful before they even did the memorial when um, Eddie Guerrero passed. Yeah, that's a weird thing when you see any kind of old wrestling pay-per-view or anything like that and just pick out how many people in that ring are dead. Oh, yeah. Yeah. That. yeah uh, that's... I don't know if you guys are familiar with this, but uh, WWE, shit, they they damn near scrub Benoit from most of their... Oh, yeah. Uh, their history. A lot of the programming. Yeah. Like they... it, you, have, you have to dig deep to find anything that's left with, uh, hasn't left on there. Yeah. They just like literally... It was literally like, oh, it it was a three-way match and Benoit was involved and we can't fully deny it ever happened. Yeah, so we're going to cut out as much of his uh, spots as possible. Yeah. And you're like, who was the who was the champion from this year to this year? And you're like, we, oh, they, we there, was no, there was no champion there. Yeah, there was, yeah. The belt was at the cleaners. Yes. Yeah. And it was one of those things was he was like such a really good wrestler. He was horrible on the mic, but <laughs> it was like terrible. It was so bad. Um, but such a dynamic. Loved, loved him with all my heart, but God, was he terrible on the yeah. mic. Yeah. But such a good wrestler. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, and, he, he, was the def- he was the definition of technical to me, but. Yeah. And it was one of those weird things because I know Jericho got a lot of heat when the whole thing came out, right? Because Jericho kind of went on Larry King and was talking more about the Benoit he knew, but I think he was doing that because he was trying to explain to people, Hey, concussions are real. Mm-hmm. Concussions can really change who you are, which I mean, I, I think that's, that's honestly true. There was that, I don't know what his name was. Phineas Gage, I think back in the 1800s shot like a, a spike through his head. Yes. yes. Curious case of Phineas Gage. Yeah. He didn't die, but it, it fucked him up enough to where it completely changed who he was as a person. His personality, like, completely 180. Yeah. Yeah. Because, I mean, it's all with your brain. And I guess if you get concussed enough, that could really mess with your brain. I'm sure it could. Yeah. Yeah. I know it, t- I know it took a long time before the NFL even, like, admitted that it was a thing. Oh, well, yeah, because Yeah. Because yep. they wanted to, they, they understood, like, hey, we're going to basically be opening ourselves up to a lot of lawsuits. Yeah. yeah especially yeah. if they... Because that's that's always one of those things that I like from a from a a lawyer's perspective, I kind of understand where you have to be careful with how you word things to be like, oh, so you knew the whole time, huh? <laughs> yeah, and it's one of those things that still to this day, if I had a child, I don't know how old I would the child would have to be that I would be comfortable with it with it with the child <laughs> um, playing um, <laughs> any kind of tackle football. I don't know that I could. Yeah. Really? Like you would yeah. think like maybe not even like maybe. Yeah. I, you, I'd maybe try to steer them towards like soccer or something. I don't know. Yeah, yeah. If you do it, if you do it without the helmets, apparently because you're not wearing a helmet, like people will, will not hit as hard, but because yeah. you have that illusion of safety, like they just hit so much harder and causes that much more uh, problem. No, there was a huge like war of escalation. As the as more as the better equipment appeared, you could see where just yeah people would hit harder. Yeah. Okay. Oh, cool. We got padding. Now we can just smack the shit <laughs> at each other, right? Mm-hmm. No, yeah. no, that was fuck. 
I started I started watching a video that was talking about a similar thing with traffic. I didn't I haven't finished the video yet, but it was it was talking about like the new thing in some cities is in the like downtown parts taking out all the signs so that like everybody has to be like there's not a this is pedestrian, this is car. Mm. So everybody is now kinda on their toes about trying to make sure that they're what they're doing. And supposedly it's it's like one of those things that seems counterproductive, but apparently has they've seen some good results from. Huh. Huh. That is really huh. That right. (laughs) What is the name of that? I couldn't remember, but when I find the video to finish watching it, I will send it to you. Okay. Yeah, I think that that sounds fascinating. So Scott, your kids never play in football. (laughs) No, I don't think so. Uh, They'll be they'll be soccer kids, I guess. Soccer kids. This is a cross household. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Exactly. Exactly. Good, My so that, worry is Scott's kid would start playing football and would go pro, and Scott would draft him in the fantasy league he's in, and oh. his son would cost him the championship, and then Scott would disown his child. If, if I ever disowned my child, it would be because uh, he lost me a fantasy football championship, yes. I think so. That's, <laughs> that's, that's very fair. And I am so mad at myself. I promised myself this year I was not going to play fantasy football because of COVID. Oh, now you're in two leagues. in the four leagues. You're in four? I'm so mad. Okay, oh. so I'm in the work league. I'm in right. our main league. Right. I'm in a league with some friends on Facebook in that Geeks Are Us group. And yeah. then, Are you in a league of your own? I wish. Good one. Nice. And then I'm in one of my brothers. What are, uh, what are your brothers who draft? The one of my brothers, we already did that one. I don't know when the other... The Geeks Are Us one, I'm probably just going to let it auto-draft because I just don't care because there's yeah, no money involved. Yeah. It's like poker, you know? Yeah, and then the two on Sunday... I mean, I'm not I'm not doing any studying this year because I don't see a point in it. Uh, there's probably not. I've done very little. I think I've, did, I've done one mock draft so far. Uh, but yeah, there's... there's yeah, it's it's going to be a crapshoot year. I don't do mock drafts. And that's probably why I never win. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I've won the I've won the first year of the work league, and it stressed me up. Have do you guys have the, like those superstitions where you think if I don't do something, something bad's going to really happen to me? Yes. I used to. Okay, I had to pee really bad during the last Monday night football game. Oh, I, I remember that. Myself, yeah, if I don't pee, then I'll win. And I basically, and that game went down to the final second. And I was doing that shit where I was running around the living room, (laughs) huffing really loud. Um, Oh my God. Just trying, just screaming every time somebody took a, took a fucking time out. (laughs) How'd that go for you? I won. Yeah. So his strategy worked. Yeah. Although if he had went to take a piss, he still would have won. So that's true. But I won. I mean, did I lose my bladder? Yes. Yes. But I won the championship, so that's in the end what matters. That's what matters. Really yeah. That's nope. all that matters. Pain, no gain. So one thing we also want to talk about, like Callie, is that you're also a burlesque dancer, right? That I am. Uh, I am yeah. as well, by the way. Before COVID. <laughs> Wait, what? Why did you? Yeah, that's what they asked you. Why did you stop? It's like you were doing this, all this burlesque dancing, and then, like in the middle of uh, March, you just quit the stage. <laughs> <laughs> it's like I mean, you... it's hard to perform at bars when bars are closed. Fair. So it's mainly like you you do it in bars, right? Like you have like the like the stage where the comics perform. Kind of, yeah. Okay. How long have you been doing burlesque? I started. I want to say I started not 
actually performing, but started working with some of the local troops okay. in 2013. Okay, so and wow. Then, and then I started performing. I took the I took the Salome classes and graduated in 2015. Okay, so there's actually classes that you go to to like, is it to learn the dancing or just to learn how to perform and work off like the crowd? Yes. Okay. <laughs> a little, a little bit of both. Salome is really good about going through and I'm usually the first one is talking about the history of burlesque. Um, my favorite fun fact is that the word burlesque literally just means to parody. Oh, yep. <laughs> okay. Interesting. Right. And then a lot of it is, is learning some basic movesets, um, kind of learning how to, how to deal with the crowd, how to do like, there's a performer named Tiger Tangerine. Okay. And, she has this whole thing where she like talks about how like animators do faces and how these are the things that make up a certain facial expression. Like, what is it? Like anger plus something equals disgust. Okay. And it it's fascinating. Huh. It's anger and confusion. Is it it's not it's something like that. So you basically get these do these classes where they teach you like just all this different stuff, like the facial expressions, that kind of thing, the dances. Do they help yeah. you work on like your burlesque character? Are they called characters? Apparently, our troop is is kind of different because we we peer review our stuff kind of on a like before COVID on a weekly basis. Oh, okay. A lot of it is just hey, I have an idea. I found a song. I found a pe- or a costuming piece I want to use, and I just kind of want to make an act about it or around it. This is what I have so far, and then a lot of the other people go through and be like. Well, that's cool. Did you think about this? Have you thought about this? Maybe try this over here. Okay. And it's it's a super super fabulous group of of people. It's a lot of fun, and it's a lot of very creative, way more creative than me people. <laughs> As someone who has also taken the course, um, also a graduate. Oh, this is true. He did also graduate. Nice. One of the things I like about it is that there there are a lot of places out there that will teach you like here is a burlesque number and here is how to do like here's how to do a sexy strip tease to get your husband to pay attention to you again (laughs) whereas salome focused the salome classes focus way more on like why you are doing this why this part is important why you need to stick to the beat on these things like so So they treat it more like an art yes like i have i have found like looking back, I would say probably a good eighty-five percent of my of my my confidence has come like since they started doing burlesque. Oh, that's awesome! That is yeah, very like, awesome. I was I was like I'm still very shy and very quiet, but I was very very shy and huh. very quiet beforehand. It's just a wonderful outlet. I like to do what's called nerdlesque, which is just very nerdy numbers. Okay. I recall I still uh, we actually found it cleaning recently your dress made of magic the gathering cards. Yeah. I I have a number where I literally took a whole bunch of magic cards just put like jump rings between them to put them together. <laughs> the first number I ever did was based on Spider Jerusalem. Yep. Okay, awesome. What was the what was the other one? I, there was another really nerdy the one. Cherry leg of truth. So do you usually start with a song and then work in there what you want to do? Or do you have your concept and then find the song that matches it? 
It depends. Some people, some people do it one way. Some people do it another. It just, it just kind of depends on where the inspiration comes from. Mm-hmm. I, like I said, I'm not the most creative. Yeah. So where where Boston will say that I sometimes ghostwrite his jokes, <laughs> he ghostwrites my numbers sometimes. I'll be like, mm. I this would be a really cool number to do do a thing to. It'd be cool to maybe do this concept. And he's like, okay, but how do we make that happen? Like maybe we do this song. Like. At some point, I want—I haven't figured out how to do it yet, but mm-hmm. I want to like make a, a giant like three D Rubik's cube that'll actually move, so oh. I can solve it while I'm on stage. Really? Okay. Yeah, to, that... be, to be able to solve it from inside the, oh, from inside the cube. That would be awesome. I that would be amazing. Which I've got—I've got notes on because uh, we've got what's known as a void cube here at the house that has no center. Oh. And so, effectively, it would just be a version of that. So, yeah. huh. it's just I, a matter of how do you make it? How do you make it actually be able to move, but make it big enough that you know you could like wear it? Actually, I, I think <laughs> to answer to answer Ryan's question, which comes first, I know that with the Spire Jerusalem number, you were like, "I want to be Spire Jerusalem," and then I think I came. One of us came up with "21st Century Digital Boy" by that was you. Uh, Bad Religion, and okay. then. With the Magic the Gathering number, it was the other way around. I you... really wanted to do something with MC Frontal Lots. It's a parody on Magic the Gathering. Uh, Hassle, Hassle the Dorkening. Hassle the Dorkening, yeah. Okay. See, I, I would have been basic. I would have went. I would have gone with, do you believe in magic? So I, <laughs> and I, I hope I you do. I'm currently working with that song. Oh. Because I want to do a number where, duet that we're working on, where I do a card force... I do a card force at the beginning and then give the card to someone in the audience. And then we proceed to strip down to, oh, oh, it's magic. <laughs> and then keep like doing like, I open up my jacket and it's like, King of Hearts? No, no, no. Oh, okay. And then it's like, all right, take off my top. Queen of Spades? No. Okay. Um, shit. That's amazing. All right. Take my, take my pants off. Is it on my, like, just different. Yeah. Like just different reveals that are, or, you know, sexy reveals that are just the wrong cards. Until finally, I know if we're doing the crotch or the butt, I can't remember. The booty. But I'm booty again. It's always weird to me because burlesque is like one of those art forms that have been around for a very, very long time, like centuries. Mm-hmm. But they, yeah. it, it never seems like it catches own like it should. Is it just because we're kind of like too prudish of a society? I mean, there there was a revival in the '90s. Um, as I remember it, and this is probably a thousand percent wrong, and Sion will probably slap me for it later. But <laughs> <laughs> from what I from what I remember is towards towards the Great Depression when everybody was super broke and and you just went to the theater so you could like pretend to have that little bit of normalcy. Yeah. Burlesque Wait, did you really say the nineties? Well, no, this was in the twenties. Okay, I thought there you said the nineties. Like, damn it, we're not that old. Thing, there was a revival, <laughs> okay, in the nineties of like neo burlesque. Okay, uh, but I want to I want to say it was like twenties, thirties, because burlesque kind of came out of vaudeville, mm-hmm. or at least what we we consider like modern burlesque came out of vaudeville. Okay, and it was like, oh, I can go, you know, see this pretty lady for a little while, and life will be okay. Mm. And then I'm trying to I'm trying to remember what happened, but it was it was something with like how vaudeville started to fall. Yeah, I think burlesque kind of came with it, and then like everything started getting better. The war happened. I'm 
I, I honestly can't remember, but I know, I know around there, it, it hit kind of a, like it, a peak. It wasn't, yeah, like it, it wasn't as big as it, as it had been. Mm-hmm. I really love it. <laughs> yeah, no, no, I've never been. Have you ever been to a burlesque show, Scott? Yes. Uh, I don't know if it was an actual true burlesque, if it was just a burlesque show, or if it was just by performing while they were they were there. I, but I, it's been so long, I can't remember. But I think, I think yes, once. Okay. Um, yeah. One of the nice things I've always heard, and I can kind of agree with this, is that I've been to some strip clubs in my life, mm-hmm. and I had a good time. There were some beautiful ladies that took off their clothing, yeah, and it was wonderful. Yeah, so the buffet was fantastic. <laughs> the beer I brought was amazing. Huh. People in people in Louisiana have no idea what I'm talking about with that. I f- still left kind of feeling like, yeah, I had fun, but like there was this weird like I felt uncomfortable yeah. afterwards. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I have never left a burlesque show not feeling. Like we all just had the best goddamn time of our lives. That's pretty awesome. I've, that is I've, awesome. Yeah. I had a friend one. The only thing he wanted in life was to go to a strip club. And when he turned, I guess it was 18 when you can legally go in one. That mm-hmm. night, his dad took him to a strip club and oh, they wow. got lap dances next to each other. And he kind of did something in his pants. <laughs> and he was wearing white pants. Oh, oh no. Yeah. Oh, no. He, he tried to do that thing where he put his his jacket, tied his jacket around him. Uh-huh. But, yeah. Is that the guy's version of having their period while wearing white pants? I think I so. I thought think about so. that. Yeah, it's not a good <laughs> thing. No. And it's not something like for if you have a if you have a period, you can say, "Hey, look, I'm a woman." We yeah. can't, we can't say, "Hey, look, we'll I'm have, a disgusting man." I mean, <laughs> technically, the the science is still there. Like my one of my one of my favorite scientific quote unquote studies was back in the time where they oh, it was the uh, understanding that if you ever pleasured yourself, that you would die. Like, it would just kill you. Oh. This dude had a wet dream, and he was like, oh, no, I'm going to die. Like, this is just where it ends. Oh. So he sits there, and he was a scientist, so he sat there and was like, okay, I'm just going to chronicle everything, and then didn't die. <laughs> huh. Yeah, like, he was, if I'm going to die, let's go ahead and, and chronicle everything, I, you know, at, at, to be a good scientist. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then when he got to, like, week two or three, he's like, okay, hold up. I'm not dead. I should, yeah, I'm not dead. I think this might be bullshit. My arm yeah, somehow like seems to be stronger than before. You're just having a wet dream because you haven't expressed these feelings that your body is physiologically saying, hey, I need to have. I do think that's awesome. So burlesque shows, from what I gather and from what I've seen, is they seem to be like super body positive. Yes. And it's more of just a celebration than it is anything else. Yeah. I've, I've seen some really serious numbers. I've seen some really comedic numbers a lot at least the the people that i've been around and now i'm not i'm not like a big name or i don't go to be every year there there are a lot more local people that know way more people in the field than i do mm-hmm. like everybody at least around here is very body positive very open like everybody takes care of each other it's kind of fabulous that's awesome yeah. so it's it's actually a community that helps each other and that supports each other yeah okay that's the one thing i like because i know there was a little there were some 
um, communities in Knoxville, other kinds of things where it's not like that, unfortunately. But, I mean, there's there's still some cat fights. I've seen I've seen them happen, but mm-hmm. I mean, you're gonna find that no matter yeah, I, no matter what you do, happen, no matter what, right? Yeah, but everybody seems like that. You know, in your troop, are really good about like supporting one another. Yeah, and our our stage managers, the whole organization, they're they're kind of like my other dads. They they really do like like even when the pandemic hit, people were coming out of the woodwork and being like. Hey, I'm still working in, you know, I'm still working in retail. What do you need? I'll bring it to you. What what can we do to help each other? That is pretty cool. And also, I had no idea that it was like Mills that did burlesque dancing too. Boylesque. That's precious. Uh, that was one of my favorite parts of the, one of the favorite lessons. We were and when the class was talking about some of the early boylesque stuff, Sandow. Yes, yeah, because Sandow. Eugene Sandow. Okay. German bodybuilder and showman, he was the one that sort of effectively created bodybuilding mm-hmm. as we now know it. Okay, because he did he did workouts specifically to shape different parts of his body mm. so that he looked more like the Greek sculptures. Yeah. Oh, and effectively, he's sort of the father of like the the male side of burlesque because he would just go out and do sideshows where he. You know, put white. He he powder himself white to again look more like a statue, and then just stand there being like, "Check this shit out." Yeah, how, how about one of these? Really? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So oh, that's pretty cool. Yeah. How many um in Knoxville? How many like male burlesque dancers are there? Who? I imagine that means there's a decent amount. There's at least two. No, um, oh, I want to say there's at least ten. Okay. Yeah. Also, a couple of the girls have have recently started their own drag troupe and there's been there's been a lot of crossover so a lot of the drag performers yeah. have started doing one, one of them for the last geekgasm show did a whole D number and it was fabulous <laughs> uh, but i there's i want to say there's at least probably 10 15 way less yeah. troop members yeah that's because more people have become okay with having more fluid gender identities and there's a lot more drag performers now you might have people that Cross the gaps in so many different ways that I'm like, oh yeah, there's a lot of people. Okay. One thing is, I speak for Scott here, whenever the pandemic ends and we can get back out again, we're going to go see when you guys do your performance together. Don't speak Absolutely. for me. I don't yeah. ever want to see that ever. Nope. You know what, Scott? We go, <laughs> but we act like those two mean Muppets. Oh, yes. yeah. And we just do like, we just throw insults at them. Yes, let's do it. Let's Don't do heckle it. the crowd. You're no better than that. Burlesque, <laughs> more like hurlesque. <laughs> <laughs> That's mine. Don't steal that one, Scott. Nope. Do it with your I'm own insult. I'm to beat you to oh, it, man. <laughs> you got time to workshop it. Okay. Um, okay. Yeah, but that's fascinating to me. The big thing that just broke today is. Nintendo's been talking about how they're going to be doing something big for Mario's 35th anniversary. And yep. they announced today the stuff. And it was a little underwhelming to me. I love the fact they're doing the Mario All-Star game with Mario 64, Sunshine, and the first Galaxy game. Mm-hmm. I think it's weird that, the, that they're not also including the second Galaxy game in it, which I thought was a little bit better. I'm kind of bummed out that they're not really redoing the graphics. They're making them look nicer and sharper, but they're not. Yeah. I was hoping they were going to use like 
the last Mario games, uh, the Odyssey's engine for them. Oh man! But they at that point they'd have to re they have to They're completely rebuilded. rebuild the game. Yeah, this is true. But I'm just a just a little bummed out by it. Yeah, I mean it did it did look pretty for for what was there. It did look pretty. Yeah, the one that's got me kind of in a in a bit of a Twitter is Mario 35. Okay, what's this? What's that one? Did you catch anything about that? Yeah, I'm not so, sure how that's even supposed to work. Yeah. Apparently, apparently, from what I can tell, it's it's supposed to be like where they did Tetris 99, and you're playing okay. against like 99 other people. Yeah. But it like Super Mario, but against 35 other people. Wait, how does Ooh. that work? Yeah, how does that work? That's what I'm. That's what I'm trying to figure out. Because is it like you're trying to speed run against them, or you're just looks... trying to like outlast the rest of them? So from from all the screenshots I've seen, I haven't I haven't found any definitive answer. From the screenshots I've seen, it's your your start. It's it's the first level at least, mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. you're trying to go through the first level, and it's everything set up normally. But then as other people like take out enemies. It looks almost like the enemies go to different. When you take out a, oh. a Goomba on one level, it goes to someone else's level. Are you allowed to pick the person oh. like you could in uh, Tetris ninety nine? Possibly. They they Probably. mentioned a lot of they mentioned a lot of parallels to Tetris ninety nine. Okay, but it, it's effectively okay. a battle royale Mario game. Okay, and I know it's adding creatures that weren't in the first level too, because I think I saw the little white flower. Mm-hmm bitey things i can't think what they're called they i think they first showed yeah. up in mario 3 i saw that well, in that little video what, what got what's gotten me though about the whole thing is i don't know if i've i know i've mentioned it before there's a fun little game i like to get, hop on and play every now and then that's a battle royale game that is designed like mario brothers called soviet jump game <laughs> from the game grumps and i'm like wait a minute you're just fucking stealing the game grumps so, I'm hoping right. that it does stick more to like a, Kelly said, like a speed run type thing okay. where it's or maybe like just a beat. who who can last the longest, but you're all on like yeah. your own level. Whereas Soviet, you're everybody's on the same map together. Yeah, yeah. Soviet's on, you're all on the same map trying to bounce on each other's heads. That would be kind of crazy. Um, and I think that's going to be October first, and it's free if you have the Nintendo Game Pass, which I think most people do because. I think they said Nintendo sold some ridiculous amount of Animal Crossing. Yeah, I mean you kind of you kind of have to if you want to go to anybody else's island. Yeah, or like talk to people. Exactly. So, Animal Crossing. so that's but what I imagine. Like what what is it? It's like five dollars a month or like twenty dollars a year or something. Yeah, it's really really affordable comparatively to like some of the other ones. Yep, and you get, I mean they're not they don't do it like religiously like once a month. But they're pretty good at like adding on like NES and Super Nintendo games, and there's rumors that maybe they'll have N64 games before too long on there. Uh, they're now proving that because with the with Mario 64 on the All Stars, yeah, they're definitely able to port Switch and GameCube games over. So that's probably yeah. the big thing about that uh, All Stars. They're they're priming to start porting more stuff over. Huh. Yeah. And I think it's kind of interesting because Nintendo has done this so far this whole year, except for like since uh, April, where they um, announce a game that I guess one of their big games of the year, like Paper Mario, and then basically drop it like a month later, which is what they're doing here, you know, because Mario All-Stars hits like the 18th of this month. Yeah. Yeah. Well, uh, it was actually something I was, 
I'm I'm wondering if maybe this is the thing, but it was something I was reading recently with Dungeons and Dragons and how Wizards of the Coast has been doing a lot of their releases, because mm-hmm. especially with Magic and uh, Magic and D and D, the culture has shifted. Whereas it used to be, you would announce, "Hey, in six months we're going to have the new D and D expansion come out. The new campaign setting is going to come out." So get hyped, get hyped for six months, get these six months of hype. And we're going to do six months of all this hype. But like, it started getting to a point where there's, there's so much information on the internet and so many people able to speculate and leak things that you wound up by the time, you know, now by the time it's out after six months, people already know every last piece of the, of what's going to come out and no one's excited when it hits. Yeah. So it's becoming more common for companies to do stuff like that, where it's, Hey, by the way, end of this week, Mario Odyssey 2. Yeah. Bye. And even <laughs> even with Animal Crossing, like they'll make the announcement about two weeks beforehand and give it about two days. They've Somebody's already data mined it, and all of the YouTubers will go through and be like, all right, these are the things that we found. These are the things that they didn't mention, but we expect because these are the people we found in the code. These are the things we think might be coming. Here's some things that we want to be coming, but we don't think are. Mm-hmm. And it, it's because it's been so rapid fire, because if, if you're on YouTube, you kind of almost have to. Mm-hmm. It's it's gotten to the point where they can't really give you that much that much hype time, because by the time it, it comes through, you'll be like, oh, that's right. That thing I was excited about two months ago. I totally forgot uh-huh. about that. Exactly. Maybe I'll get it when it goes on sale. Yeah, it's just like last week they did. Jeff Keeley did his like gamers con thing. Yeah. The big surprise reveal was supposed to be like the the demo of Ratchet and Clank, but that got leaked like a day or two before the actual conference. So people basically spent the whole two hours shitting on it because like there was no surprises because everything had leaked. Yeah. 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 Did you see that Ratchet and Clank thing, Scott? No, I was actually going to watch it earlier today, but I haven't, I haven't done it yet. It's. Did, do you see it, Boston? I've heard that it's one of the most technically impressive things that's been seen in a while. So It's ridiculous. There's one scene where he starts hopping through time, and it's just crazy how fast it loads, like the different sections. And they said that game has absolutely no load times. That's amazing. Yeah. What have you, you been playing, Scott? Playing the, the Wastelands on Xbox. Uh, okay. The Wasteland Ooh. 3. Yeah, okay. they just released it on Game Pass. It's uh, it's really fun. It has like combat. Did you guys ever play the XCOM series? No. Yeah. It plays just like that, except you actually can walk around freely uh, while you're outside of combat. Whereas, huh. like, yeah, like in XCOM, you know, you you're in your ship, and you once once you got to battle, you transferred from that to 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 your real time battle sections, and you then you go back to your ship. On this one, you you walk around freely. And then when you get go into your battle mode, it goes to the XCOM turn-based style. Oh, yeah, I know. I remember that the original Wasteland was one of the inspirations for the Fallout for Fallout. Yeah, I think so. I think it was. I think it was the first one, wasn't it? Yeah, I want to say. I want to say Wasteland came before. It was Wasteland, then Fallout, then yeah. Fallout, then Fallout, then Fallout, the Fallout, Fallout, then Wasteland Fallout. Two. Yep. <laughs> yep. Yep. <laughs> Wasteland 2 only came out maybe five or six years ago, and then Wasteland 3 has improved on, on all of those. Right, right. And it seems like it's heavily in choices, too. Like, I'm not far into the game at all, and I've already had to make a decision whether or not I wanted to kill somebody. Yeah, you know, <laughs> yeah, that, like, 
the, you know, someone capture him and this guy's like, hey, you know, uh, this guy's responsible. What do you want to do with him? And you could just execute him if you want or you can tell him to do it. So, yeah, you can tell already it's heavily based on choices. Huh. So yeah. how far are you into it? Not very far. Probably like, I don't know, hour-ish in. Okay. I'm not, I'm not very far at all. Man, okay. that, that, scares, that scares me because I'm one of those I'm one of those I'm one of those Kobayashi Maru type players where it's yeah. like no I will save everyone. Yeah. <laughs> yep, yep. It's, and it's like top down view, right? It is. You, you can. It's top down view. You can kind of make. You can zoom in close if, closer if you want, uh, but it's still top down view though. Yeah. Okay. And that's pretty uh, another reason why the Game Pass is awesome because that game just released, right? It's just released. Yeah, it was on Game Pass day one. I was uh, I was on Game Pass earlier today, and then right before we started doing this podcast, they just released three more games today. I didn't think that was going on there. Jack Party, Pack Four, Luna Knights, and Resident Evil uh, Biohazard. That's insane. I, know. I can finally play the Jackbox games. I know, right? <laughs> well, host, I can finally host them. I have been playing them for quite huh. some time. Yeah. <laughs> Did either one of you guys or any of you three play the Battletoads yet? I have. Uh, I haven't played multiplayer. I, I need to play multiplayer with it. That's where it'll shine. But I've only played like like one level so far of it. How do you? What do you think of it? It's good. Uh, it's uh, it's still. It seems like it's going to be as hard as the original one. So it's okay. it's, uh, it's got the same feel. So they're not shying away from the difficulty. It doesn't no. seem like it. No. <laughs> Actually, so so Callie, what happened when I was playing Battletoads the other day? Oh boy. Lots of cursing uh, and having <laughs> to like get up and walk away before he smashed the computer. <laughs> uh huh. That's my That's favorite thing when you do that. When you're like, I just got to walk away. Don't yeah. give it. Don't give it the satisfaction. Yeah, yep. you're not gonna get satisfaction making me. I'm not gonna cry. Yeah, I'm not gonna cry. He's not. Yeah. He's not good about that. And it's like, dude, just just put the controller down. It's okay. Yeah. <laughs> I think sometimes you have to be able to do that. That's why I always try to have like two games I'm playing at once. So yeah, that way, if one it. game just really starts to piss me off really bad. I can swap out. I started the dark the Dark Soul series recently, so I'm, I'm with you. Jesus, oh, I, I'm so sorry. Yeah, I, I know. Put myself through that. A, buddy, a friend of mine, a friend of mine, bought me Dark Souls Three on Steam. Yeah, I still haven't actually got to the. I haven't got to the first boss yet. Right. Oh, yep. Yep. I, so you're finished with the first one, right, Scott? No, dude. I've, I've, I'm probably 60, 70 hours into the first one. I'm still not finished with it. It's just uh, a lot of do or just a lot of deaths. Oh yes. 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 <laughs> I, I can't tell you how many times I've died in that game. So, yeah. so I didn't realize. At first, uh, I was 40 hours into the game, 40 plus hours into the game, and I accidentally killed a, an NPC that sells you your um, fire, the fire spells. Oh. I, I know, right? Oh, I, I got so pissed, like I just started over. I started all over again. So. Really? You? <laughs> yeah. Oh my jeez! And it sucks too, because for a while you're just like, it's just a really hard boss. I, yeah, I can, I can handle this. Yeah, you feel so proud that you beat the really hard boss. And then it was like, yeah, that was your, that was your vendor. No, and then oh and then I was God. I was at a, a blacksmith. I got attacked while I was at the blacksmith, and I was trying to kill him. And of course, I killed my blacksmith guy. So I was like, "Well, I'm not uh, starting over again." <laughs> oh no, that's yeah. insane. Okay, yeah, I, I don't think my uh, no. So one thing I've been digging recently is it happened with um, Last of Us Two has done it, and I think Control just released their final DLC pack, and they've added it too is they're adding like accessibility so you can actually have more control over what you want to be easier in the game. So if you oh, want combat okay. easier or harder, you can do that. If you want puzzles to be easier or harder, you can do that. The traversal, 
you basically can go in and kind of make the game to your fitting. That's pretty cool. I like because there's some of the games like I would love to experience like the Dark Soul world because I heard it's really cool, but I know it, I'm not going to play it because of shit like what Scott just said. Yeah. <laughs> I'm not going to go 40 hours into a game and go, you know what? I got to start this over. No. <laughs> yeah. At that point, I'm putting the game down and moving on to something else. So really, really, I don't know how many. So I, I'm probably 60 something hours into it now, but then add the, add the 40 hours already put into it. Oh, I'm geez. probably 100 hours of the game. No. <laughs> Easily. I couldn't do that. What have you been playing, Callie? I know you've been playing Animal Crossing. Been playing. I've actually kind of like hit that that spot of like three months in. Okay. Of not playing Animal Crossing every day. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Same. So my the new thing that I like I've been playing a lot of Tetris. Okay. So so much Tetris. The ninety nine. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Have All you right. guys played it on VR yet? The Tetris game for PlayStation VR? No. Oh, that's so cool. But good. <sighs> Really? Does Gedalia has it, I guess? Yeah, he does. Yep. Okay, I need to play that. Yeah, that, it is. That sounds super. fun. Like, that was one of, my, one of my favorite games for original PlayStation. Um, I can't remember the name of it, but it was it was like this weird 3D Tetris hmm. that, like, was kind of top-down. It was super weird. Not Luminous. Like mm-hmm. Oh, are you taking... No. Shit, is it like they were boxes? Kind of like it was. It was still Tetris pieces, but they were box like cubes. Huh. I'm gonna Google it because I discovered Google, guys. It's what? A real thing. <laughs> I use um, Bing, man. I I think we wished it into Bing. <laughs> That's the power of our podcast. I keep telling you all. <laughs> are, you, are you saying you binged it into existence? No, I will never say that. <laughs> <laughs> we're the Green Lantern of podcast. Yes. Awesome. I like Tetris 99, but I don't. But whenever I play it, I get that feeling of being bullied when people start yeah. picking on you. I I had the opposite thing when I first started playing it. Is like I didn't want to be too mean, and now mm. I'm now I go in and I'm like, no, they're all gonna eat me alive, and I'm just gonna I'm just gonna go for my life. Yeah. Did you have you ever won a, a game? I have I have won. Tw- twice nice good job you and apparently when you win you get a harder mode oh, that literally that. is just all the people that have previously won oh geez really yeah it's, oh. it's uh that's what the like if you ever go through like the icons and you're like i wonder what this thing means the invictus is oh my when god beaten it once and like play against other people again i you know what i'm good <laughs> i'm good i'm like you know I, I won this game you can't take that away from me I'm out. Anything else you've been <laughs> playing? Top, right? I've also <laughs> I also picked up Luigi's Mansion Three since it was like they actually had a sale. What? Crazy! I know. That's unheard of. And it so it was on sale. And I've been playing that. I'm not gonna. It's a it's a really cute game. Yeah. I just feel really really dumb sometimes because I'll I'll walk into a room and I'll be like, okay, this is what the puzzle is. Clearly, this is the piece I need. Yeah. And I'll look, like, the level I'm on right now, you're in, like, the boiler works. And I'm like, okay, cool. So he's he's going to have to go through one of the pipes. It's going to be fine. <laughs> There's got to be something I'm missing. Because every, every pipe I found, and I, like, looked with every tool I had. Yeah. Every pipe I find, he couldn't go, like, it didn't go to where the key was. Oh. And I, I got so frustrated, I looked it up, and I was like, 
Oh, that thing that I thought was a door that I tried to open like seven different ways. Uh-huh. Yeah, that, that was actually just a sheet and I was supposed to pull it off. Oh, okay. Like, okay. Yeah, yeah, but, yeah. But that has happened so many times in the last three levels. I just look at it and I'm like, this is clearly the thing. Like, this is clearly where the thing is to get the thing. Yep. But then I can't figure out how to get it. And then I look it up and I'm like, oh, the one thing I didn't try or the one thing that I didn't like. The one look like the one on the level I'm on right now looks like it. It looked like a door. No, it, it was it was just a piece of cloth that didn't have the normal cloth like huh. textures. I was like, oh, okay. That's... I'm I'm super smart. Cool. I, no, that's kind of. <laughs> I think that's like. There's. I, I don't know if there's a name to that, but there's got to be to where like you're looking for a solution and you're making it harder on yourself. Because you're missing like the obvious thing, because you're like kind of tunnel vision on something. There is a name for that, and of course, I'm not going to be able to remember it now. <laughs> Man, do you guys remember playing video games back in the day when you were stuck? You were stuck. We didn't have internet. We didn't have anything except for the little phone number you could call. Mm. Here, yep. here, the one eight hundred number. Nintendo helpline. Yes, yes. Um, calling GamePro. Yes. Have, if you guys if you guys haven't seen it yet on Netflix, there's a documentary series right now called High Score. Mm-hmm. Um, it's super good. It's narrated by the guy who does the voice of Mario. Really? Sec- yep. The second Mario, episode. Oh, what is his name? I, I've watched like three things about him recently. Yeah. Like in his whole like a, totally accidented his way into the role of Mario. Yep. Yeah. Super awesome dude. But the second episode of the docu series is about nintendo and they actually have a pretty in-depth interview with a guy that actually was a nintendo power counselor oh wow oh wow yeah and it's kind of crazy he said you basically to get the job you're given all these games and you have to show them that you actually know how to play games (laughs) and then you have to memorize all these maps and where things are kind of hidden he said like when a new game would come out that's where they would get their largest volume of calls but they wouldn't get the the game in advance or any kind of what? helper screens or anything. So they would basically be playing the game in between calls, um, making like taking like graph paper and creating their own like cheat manuals so everybody in the room could use. Yeah, I mean, that's, that's what I would do if I was in that situation. Be like, all right, I'm just gonna add some more pages to my notebook here. Yeah, and he said like sometimes the boss would come in and just out of nowhere just scream out. Where do you find the second heart container in Zelda? You know, just like, just like throw that stuff out. But he said it was like, it was stressful, but it was like his favorite job when he was young. But it's uh, really good stories about that. That episode is basically about the Nintendo counselors and then the kid that won the first Nintendo World Championship. But it's awesome because each episode, like I've only watched the first two, but you learn stuff like in the first episode. I had no idea this ever was a thing. But Miss Pac-Man originated because it was a hacked ROM. Huh. Because really? yeah, these kids and these kids in college, they decided they bought like video game game machines for their uh, for their campus and made a lot of money. So then they had sixteen video game machines. When Missile Command came out, Missile Command was a very popular game the first few weeks, and then they started losing money on it because people got really good at it, finding out the patterns, and they would basically you know, spent a lot longer on that one quarter. So they made, they hacked the ROM and they made it to where they added like 
an enemy, they made it harder and they released it with a different name. So they started doing that. They started making like ROM hack kits that they could sell to arcades so they could make, you know, maybe people spend more quarters, right? Yeah. Pac-Man hits and they love Pac-Man, but they can see that people are starting to memorize the patterns and stuff. So they basically make a hack ROM to that and they made Miss Pac-Man. Huh. Hmm. Atari, Atari took them to court and they settled out of court, but Atari's thing was you have to come to us whenever you do hack ROMs. But right before that happened before it leaked what happened with the story they went to namco to you know owns pac-man and they basically made it look like hey we just beat atari in court and namco gave the permission to make make the rom legal and that's where miss pac-man comes from huh. yeah that's really cool it's super cool and then kind of reminds me of the story of portal but yeah yeah i was gonna say that that reminds me of this sounds i, I gotta watch this this sounds really cool hey, you said it's called high score Yep, it's high score. It's six episodes. I think it goes to modern day. Um, but the first episode is Atari and Space Invaders. And the second episode is Nintendo. I think the third episode is Sega. Okay. Super good. Super good. I guess that'll be my rec- since we're since we really need to close this episode out now. I guess that's my recommendation for something that people should watch. Well, there okay. we go. It's high scores. Do you have anything to recommend, Scott? I mean, I started watching The League, uh, but that's because fantasy football is starting to play. So. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> that's what I started. Okay. So, you, But you recommend people watch The League? Oh, super funny. Yes. Okay. You know, it's, it's, if you play fantasy football at all, watch The League. You'll, you'll okay. Be. Nice. What about you, Boston? Ooh, I was about to say I, I, had, I had something, but then I just came across, I was, I was looking back over the, the Mario 35 posts. Okay. I want everybody to go and learn more about Mario Kart Live Home Circuit. Oh, what is this? Which is apparently a thing. Apparently a thing. You get like an actual physical remote controlled cart. Okay. With a little camera on it that connects to your Switch. And then you drive around your house to build a course and then can invite players. Now, so apparently it's only going to start with local multiplayer. Of course. But you can invite players to drive around your home. That's pretty cool. That as a, as a course. Kind of wow. amazing. And I guess it's like AR type game? Yeah. Apparently it's, it's an AR, yeah, augmented reality. That sounds awesome. I should say, if anything, I'm, I'm going to recommend that uh, everybody come and try this new game that I just downloaded for the Epic Game Store called Diabotical. It's like an old school arena shooter where you play a, looks like a robot egg, and then you just shoot things, so. Excited to try that, and that's no yoke. <laughs> yep, that's right. Well done. And we'll end it with you, Kaylee. Do you have any um, thing to recommend? Um, I'm I'm kind of lame. I've just been watching a lot of YouTube and Star Trek Next Gen. Recommend us some good YouTube channels to follow because I'm I'm like I'm pretty basic when it comes to YouTube, and I'm always looking for new content. Ask a mortician. Ask a mortician is a fabulous YouTube channel. Is it literally um, what it says? Ask a mortician. Ask that- a mortician. It's it's literally it's it's a lady named Caitlin out of L.A. She's legitimately a mortician, and she talks about either like the history of death, what happened to some famous corpses, um, Bentham's head, like Jeremy Bentham, who wanted to be preserved, and it was in a time before things were done well. Oh God. A lot of, and then she she talks about. Some of the different modern technology that we have, very big on the concept of natural burial. 
Okay. And go back into the earth, let your atoms go huh. and make new things. Ashes to ashes, dust to dust, all that jazz. Yeah. One of, one of the things, one of the big things that I learned from her was the concept of embalming really came around because of the Civil War. Because hmm. you had all the soldiers that people had to ship back to their oh. homes. And also, when Lincoln died, mm -hmm. they embalmed his corpse and kind of took it on tour. And it was... Lincoln you, went on tour. That would be so crazy. Like, you, you had to have seven different million people that came through and had their own secret formula of how to embalm a corpse. Huh. But, like, nowadays, it's it's very... There's there's very set ways, but... Okay. Like, funeral homes will tell you you have to. You don't have to. They may not work on it if you don't, but, like, it's generally corpses are very safe and she's she's very she's very big about calling out some of the problems in the industry just learning about death in general okay unless the person died recently of something communicable mm -hmm. it's safe to touch the corpse yeah almost Weird. almost definitely her other big thing is a concept that known as home funerals which apparently is how we all used to have funerals before Sit, shitting up with the dead yeah like so you would just Prep your prep your living room. Have the have the wake, and then go bury the body. Like you've now given me the uh, outro song. Go ahead. Huh. You'd go through just you know, be like, oh, my husband died. I'm gonna wash his corpse. I'm gonna take care of him. I'll find you know, a lot of a lot of people in that era had clothes that like their wedding dress or whatever was like their funeral outfit. That was a whole thing. And then we had this concept of has to go through the funeral home. We kind of got removed from it. It became more of a business. Yeah, it became more of a mm. business. So her her thing is is like it's oh it's okay. Like if you want to go sit with grandma for a while and just grieve for a bit, that's totally fine. Or her specific funeral home. If you want to come in and help wash grandma, come in. We'll help. And it's it's been fascinating watching some of the stuff she's done during COVID because when they were having the refrigerated trucks come through. She's like, yeah, this this is a thing that we do when, when big pandemics hit. Like, here's the reasons why. Like, super knowledgeable, super fascinating. That sounds amazing. Have she ever done a story on the death of George Washington? I don't know that she's done one on George Washington. Okay. I know she's done, she's done things on, like, the corpse of Ava Perone, okay. the corpse of, like, some fascinating... Things like like the sideshow that thought it was a very realistic okay. thing. No, it was an actual corpse. Like huh. she's she talks about some like just fascinating things that have to do with death. And at this point, she's I know she's she's been on a couple different TV shows. Like when people start to talk about death, they kind of reach out to her. Okay, she's been on Adam Remembers Everything. She's been on an episode okay. of Vsauce. So I've probably seen her then if she's been on Adam Ruins she's Everything. A uh, couple books at this point, too. Midnight Gospel. She plays okay. death on that episode of Midnight Gospel. Okay. Yep. So she death. When, we have our, when we do our Haunted Stories episode, Scott's got some good stories to tell on that one. Oh, yeah. You're definitely going to be on uh, listening on that one, Callie, or being on that episode, too. Okay. Absolutely. I, yeah. I can definitely do that. All right. Spoopy episodes. Yeah, because Scott's got some good Haunted House stories. Well, not Haunted Houses, but Haunted Asylums. Yeah, Asylum. Yeah. Dude, I love Asylum. Yeah, we're going to have some good fun in, in, in October, which is yes. so close. And keep in mind, guys. So close. October 22nd, 
So what's, you what's, up, have, what's, up, what's up on top of returning second again? You shut your mouth. <laughs> I will edit I will edit you out of this whole episode, Scott. <laughs> what, Ryan? On this day, I, a child was born. A child was born on this day, yes. Mm-hmm. And in his hand was a list. <laughs> there was a list. <laughs> he came from the wound bearing a As list. Maybe the first things I wanted, uh, the ability to hold my head up straight. Yeah. To get rid of that weird Fontatella thing in the back of my head. I don't want to have a secret hit spot, you know? Because, you know, that's how, if you have, if you ever play a video game and you got a boss baby, that's the part that you have to hit. Of course that it is. That would be the part that would be glowing red. Would oh, be the no. All right. So, yeah. I guess that's, that's probably a good time to end when we start talking about the ways to beat a baby. <laughs> what a way See, to end is, it. That's how I found Ask Rotation, was she had a video on coffin births, okay? Like. Oh, God. <laughs> I went to a funeral once for a baby, and it was the saddest thing I think I've ever. Oh, I bet it was, man. This that mm. little coffin is just. In the oh. words of House, teeny tiny baby coffins. Yeah, they no, and red. Yeah, and there was people that were going up there to look in and and stuff like that, and I was like, I'm sitting right here. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I do not need to see this. Woo. Okay. All right. You know, depressing ending. Yeah. But you know what? Fun episode. Fun episode. Uh, Pressing magic, make it less depressing. Yeah. <laughs> Quick, Ryan, say something really funny and witty. Uh, I can't do it on the spot. <laughs> but you know what? Well, sit on my face. All right. Um... <laughs> you know what? You finally got a great catchphrase, Boston. <laughs> there you go. Everybody. That's how we're going to end, end the, the podcast every night is Boston saying that line. Sit on my face, Knoxville. <laughs> I'm All okay right. with that. Oh, yeah. oh, oh, oh! And with that, and that, uh, that being said, thank you, Internet, for uh, joining us tonight for this wonderful episode of the BRBFK podcast. And we will see you all uh, in the next one. I love Good you night. guys. Set on our faces. All right. Yeah. <laughs>